get the meaning behind the numbers, and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Yes, it is. Welcome, everybody. Andy McNamara with you here on TSN 1050 Toronto, and it is TSN Hockey Analytics. Get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics. Myself at AndyMC81. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Also on the TSN1050.ca show page. we got all the links there. iHeartRadio app, all that good stuff, and a big show for you today. Travis Jost from TSN.ca will kick it off as he usually does in just a couple moments. Then Sean Tierney from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic. We'll hear from Mike Kelly of The Point Hockey and TSN Stat Center and some fantasy hockey talk with James Harding from NHL.com. And as you know, folks, we are delivered by Domino's. Get a large four-topping pizza for just twelve ninety-nine, And today, for no, no reason in particular... I just felt like it. I talked to producer Sean Lavery and said, you know what, Shawnee? I feel like giving away some pizza today. So that's what I'm going to do. Going to be giving away some Domino's pizza. I'll tell you how to win that a little bit later on in the show. But without further ado, a man who does not qualify to win the free pizza, unfortunately, Travis Jones from TSN.ca. Travis, how are you, buddy? Well, now that we got that cleared out of the way, we can get down to business. <laughs> I figured you might be asking that. Travis, before the hockey... Uh, talk here. Don't do it. Don't do it, Andy. Everyone knows you're a Bills fan. Antonio Brown, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Uh, I was worried about you. Here's here's my conspiracy theory. You want it? I want it, yes. Get trade for Antonio Brown if if you've got those assets teed up for Odell Beckham. Oh, wow. That's that's where I'm putting my eggs in that basket. There you go. He can stay in New York State. I like it. Hot take from Travis Yost there. Count it. OBJ going need, to the Bills. They need, well, I don't care if it's me and you, they really need a receiver <laughs> this do. summer. They've got to find one. For Josh Allen, they really do. They really do. Now, uh, a team that has locked up, unlike the Bills, has locked up one of their key assets, the Vegas Golden Knights. Mark Stone, eight-year, $76 million contract, average annual value of $9.5 million per deal. And it makes sense now, Travis, given uh, how consistently good Stone has been. And this week on TSN.ca, you, uh, you detailed how much of an impact Stone has made to the Golden Knights since arriving at the trade deadline. Take us through some of that. Uh, well, he hasn't been on the ice for a goal against, and he's getting 60% of the shots when he's out there, and Vegas hasn't lost a game, and their first line is seeing slightly better matchups, and they're rolling along. So other than that, yeah, I guess it's okay. But, um, no, it's, it, you, know what, you know what's fascinating to me, though, Andy? I, you know, yesterday I was talking with some people. Um, just uh, once the contract was confirmed and, you know, the, the structure of it, a lot of signing bonus money, not the same order that we see for pretty much every star player. I was fascinated with how many people thought that eight and nine and a half was either a fair deal or a player-friendly deal because, to me, Mark Stone is the new age Patrice Bergeron. And I, and I, and I say that in the most complimentary manner possible um, Patrice Bergeron was never an elite, elite, high-end, top-five type scorer in the NHL. Um, and I'm going back eight, ten years ago. And, you know, it, the stats folk, like myself, consistently pointed to him and said, hey, this guy is so talented defensively that his, his, his solid, if, not, if, if unspectacular, offense production, married with being one of the best defensive players in the league, period, makes him, you know, all-in one of the most marquee and most capable and most impactful centers in the league. Now, Patrice Bergeron is a superstar. Sure. And he has been for years. But Mark Stone isn't far off from there. Like, I I think people saw the scoring. 
um, rate increase this year as, oh, yeah, Mark Stone is bordering on superstar territory and whatnot. But I think what people need to recognize is individual point scoring, while important, is not everything. And it's especially true for players who are so good defensively. If you look at Mark Stone's his resume, his track record, where he's strong, where he's weak, time and time and time again, he has sizable, sizable impacts on his, his and his teammates' defensive performance to the extent that as long as he's playing in a, in a top-line, top-six role, that line is going to outchance, outshoot, and outscore the opposition on a regular basis. And to me, you, you're talking eight and nine and a half. That's 11% of the salary cap in year one. As a 26, would be 27 in a month. So his, tw- his first, his 27, his prime year contract, he's taken 11% of the cap, which will de-escalate 5% roughly uh, every single year. i I, I got to be honest, the no-move clause, balances it probably a little bit more. I think the I think the Knights got a steal here. I, I really hmm. do. I, I think this is a contract where on year three, year four, um, people are saying how how did they get Mark Stone for that cheap? And it's <laughs> going to be one of those maybe maybe not as strong as uh, Nikita Kucherov, obviously, but I, I think it's going to be one of those contracts that people point to and say, "Wow, Vegas did really well there." It's going to be up there. So come playoff time, we're marching towards that point, right? How much of a difference do you think this makes for the Golden Knights when it comes to having to play, let's say, a first-round series against San Jose or depending if they've slipped to a wild-card spot? How does this do for, for the long-term playoff push? Oh, it's huge. And I, I actually let me flip your question around another way. What does this mean for the Calgary Flames right now? I mean, well, Calgary has pretty much led the Western Conference for the last two to three months. Um, but they've slipped up, lost a game to Arizona on Thursday night, and then lost, I believe, to Vegas the night prior, but um, both in regulation. And you now have a scenario where San Jose is basically a coin flip to catch Calgary, and they still have one game remaining against the two, and Calgary still has to play Vegas. And the reason why I bring that up is, obviously, your underlying point here is Vegas is a, an incredible threat in that three slot um, in the Pacific, but Man, like if you're Calgary, we and we've talked about this, but it is getting there's increasing velocity behind this discussion. You have on path A a chance of a crossover matchup against I don't know Minnesota or Dallas, um, and then drawing one of San Jose or Vegas in a home series, or or you get one you get likely Vegas in the first round in a home series, which I think is no better than a coin flip, right? um, Considering considering the addition of Mark Stone here. And then, even if you get past Vegas, that's going to be a road series against San Jose in the second round. I mean, this is the Mark Stone trade, as crazy as it is to say, is just as much about Vegas improving as it is further incentivizing the Flames to win that division because I'm telling you, the the worst slot you can be in is that two slot in the Pacific because your road is just infinitely more difficult because of the playoff in conversation with Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost. So we got the Golden Knights, Travis. They've won five in a row. Flames, you just mentioned, lost four in a row. So the Knights making a splash at the deadline. So did the Columbus Blue Jackets, but things have gone the other way for them. They're four and six in their last ten. They're two points out of the final wild card spot. We were all praising uh, Columbus for, for what they did and kind of pushing the chips in the, in the middle of the table to go for it, but it hasn't really worked. It's a small sample size right now. Are you concerned? Uh, it, the the point about it being a small sample size is almost neither here nor there at this point, right? Like no, they, yeah. there's only 15 games left. I mean, yeah. The, oh my gosh, you're this right. This decision is largely going to be based on, or how it's going to be graded, is going to be based on is this team in the playoffs? And quite frankly, 
Uh, not this team making the playoffs should be the mere minimum. I mean, these moves were made to win a series, right? Yeah. Like oh, th- yeah. this is again. I think we talked. I I was on the same boat. I'm I was it's kind of admiring Yarmo for having uh, making the type of aggressive play that we don't see GMs make a lot anymore. And I I, I thought it was pretty admirable at the time, and I and I still do. But the problem is if you're going to under deliver like Columbus has, and 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 the point that the, the really the the pressing point of concern here is. Columbus is not playing well. It's not like they're dominant, rolling over these teams, just getting some really poor puck luck over a week or two weeks. They they look very average. And if they're going to look very average over the next 15 or so games through the end of the regular season, they're going to really be at risk of missing the playoffs. And uh, to your point, they're two points out of the final wild card. Um, They've got a little ground to make up. Plus, they've got to basically play uh, 56, 58% point percentage hockey down the stretch, probably to lock up a playoff spot. And that's that's, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Uh, the the reality is they're not getting a ton yet from uh, Matthew Shane or Ryan Dzingel. There some of the, a couple of their big moves, and the the goaltending situation remains fascinating. I mean, I could not believe they didn't start Bobrovsky uh, in the mid midpoint of this week, and they went to Corpusalo in a, in a big game against Pittsburgh. And I, I I'll tell you what, I, we've we've kind of discussed Panarin and Bobrovsky as kind of fitting in the same bucket, um, just because they're both key marquee talents that are going to free agency and likely leave in the summer. But, man, like, Columbus clearly, to me, has more questions about what Bobrovsky can do for them right now than Panarin, right? Panarin keeps throwing out there. He scores. He produces. He goes home. Look, he's leaving. Everyone gets it. Player player and team get it, and they're just saying, hey, look, we're going to give it our best shot. It doesn't feel the same way with Bobrovsky, right? It seems like they're losing a little bit of confidence in him. I, I find that absolutely fascinating down the stretch here. Yeah, and for Columbus, too, not just get into the playoffs. You want to make sure you get that top wild card spot so you don't face Tampa Bay because that's going to be an exit. I don't care who it is. That's, that's going to be round yeah, one, you're that, done. That, that, would be, that would be a disaster. And I, I, I will say this, right? At least, at least if, I'm, if I'm looking at it from Yarmo's perspective, I, maybe I can hang my hat on, hey, look, we got into the playoffs, but... Talk about a brutally unlucky draw, and maybe ownership right. buys off on that for another year or so. But um, yeah, I mean, to your point, like that's I, we saw. Don't you remember how fun New Jersey was last year? I, I mean, one of the <laughs> funnest teams in the league to yeah. watch, and then whoops, drew Tampa Bay, wah, wah. and that went very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> it got wrapped up real quick. We got to wrap up with you, Travis. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care, Eddie. All right. Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost, also giving an NFL hot take. Bills to get Odell Beckham Jr. I wonder. Interesting. We'll take the break. After, Sean Tierney from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic. We'll swing around the Maple Leafs and the NHL. That comes up next on TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050. If you're hungry, check out this great deal from Domino's. Unlimited two-topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. That's right, as many pizzas as you want with a minimum purchase of two pizzas. So stock up, dig in, and feed that hunger with unlimited two-topping medium pizzas. Perfect for the big game, a busy night with the family, or just because. Order online today at dominoes.ca and add on some great side dishes and dessert. That's dominoes.ca. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Back and rolling on TSN Hockey Analytics. 
TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app on iTunes, as well as the tsn1050.ca show page. Get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. And I am Andy McNamara. I'm going to tell you in next segment how you can win some free Domino's pizza just because I'm a nice guy and I feel like it today. So I'm going to tell you next segment how you can win free Domino's pizza. And joining me now on the Domino's delivery line, a man who is, I've come to understand, playing injured, re-aggravated an old ACL tear. He is grinding Sean Tierney from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic. Sean, how, how are you? How did this happen? <laughs> I'm doing well, Andy, except for the knee at... I, uh, I play basketball and I was playing in the student teacher basketball game on Friday and, uh, going up for a fast break layup and I planted hard and the knee did a little bit of wobble. Oh, so I've boy. got some uh, swelling on the knee today, but I'm ready to grind it out with you. Ready to grind it out. What? You see, analytics guys aren't tough. Come on now. Sean, Sean is bringing exactly, yeah. Play through the pain today. <laughs> Absolutely. And our Hockey Analytics Insider brought to you by 1 in 100. Win killer seats to any Toronto game for less than the cost of a pitcher of beer. Go to 1in100.net. Very cool site. Check it out. 1 in 100. Uh, Sean, Eastern Conference playoff pitcher. Bit blurry right now, right? You, especially when we look at the Metro, Carolina. Pittsburgh, Columbus, they've been flip-flopping. Penguins recently filling that third spot. And that leaves the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets, to fight for a wild-card position. The Canadians are in the mix, too. Out of these three teams, Montreal, the Canes, and the Blue Jackets, which do you have the least amount of faith in as we wind down the regular season? I like the thought of it in reverse like that, too, the least faith in. And and for me, uh, Carolina and Montreal have both been really strong teams in terms of controlling uh, shot share. They've controlled expected goal share very well throughout the year. The things Carolina has done in terms of expected goals for rate have been just phenomenal this season. Um, Carey Price has kind of rounded into form, and, and uh, Carolina's found some goaltending, you know, in some unlikely spots with McElhinney being uh, reliable of late, especially. So for me, if we're looking at the least amount of faith, it's the Blue Jackets, and I love the fact that when they came up to the deadline, they really doubled down on the roster they had. They brought in some big names to make a push. But Bobrovsky's goaltending has been completely unsteady. He's been you know, below expectation for several long stretches this season. Uh, the Blue Jackets have been playing kind of a dull style. That's low shots for and against. Um, they don't do anything really to control the share of shots or expected goals. They're about a break-even team there. So if I'm choosing between these three, I really like what the Hurricanes do. I think the Canadians are a really underappreciated team for what they're able to do, at least at even strength. But for me, the big question mark is the Blue Jackets. I have the least amount of faith in them to make it through. And uh, it could be interesting for Kekalainen to see what happens with his job after doubling down on this roster like a playoff. Yeah, yeah after, after going for it. Now let's flip. To the Western Conference and that playoff picture. And, and Sean, what do you feel the likelihood is that the teams that are in playoff positions now will not change? Because it's not as muddied. You have some positional flipping, but as far as actually in it, the next closest team to the wildcard spot is Arizona Coyotes. They're at 71 points. The Wild hold that final position at 74. Colorado's at 70. Then Edmonton at 67. Do you feel any of the, the outside teams looking in can make a final push and get into the wildcard spot? Or are we going to be set as is? I think, you know, as maybe unsexy as the opinion is, uh, Colorado, especially taking that Landeskog injury, uh, and they've been a break-even team under the hood in shot share and expected goal share. Arizona's been battling injuries basically on and off all season, too. And like you said, we're looking at a couple of teams that are about five points out, give or take. 
Uh, I don't think we're going to see anybody jump into the playoff picture in the West. That's not to say I don't care much for what the Stars have done this season. They've been kind of an odd team, and uh, Ben Bishop, surprisingly, has been well above expectation, especially of late, and he's kind of carted them into that playoff mix. Uh, Minnesota's a great team under the hood, again, as they've been for several years in a row, but they've really been undone by subpar goaltending. Dubnik has been really, really uh, sort of an underperformer throughout the season, despite Minnesota being fantastic defensively. So, you know, I have no great love for either of those teams. I think they have fatal flaws too, but with Colorado and Arizona as banged up as they've been and they're as far out as they are from the playoff picture, I think, you know, the West is probably set. Yeah, we might get some jostling at the bottom there, but uh, I don't think we'll have any other teams jump into the picture. In conversation with Sean Tierney from Hockeygrass and The Athletic on Twitter, at Charting Hockey. Got to follow this guy, folks, with the charts he puts out. Phenomenal. And he's playing hurt with that, uh, not torn, but swollen knee, the, the old ACL injury, right? We're not talking a full, like, six-month rehab here. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I really hope not a six-monther. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that would hurt your future contract hopes, I think, right? So, no anyway. kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's get to the Maple Leafs here. Well, Austin Matthews. Uh, there was a poll put out on our uh, TSN 1050 Morning Show. First up with Landsberg and Koliakovo. Simple yes or no question of has Austin Matthews' season lived up to your expectations? Fifty six percent of the votes said no. It has not lived up to the expectations. Is that? a fair assessment for you as far as what Austin Matthews has done this year, considering, of course, coming into the season, the expectations were almost unattainable, perhaps. I don't think it's fair at all. And if I'm voting yes or no and keeping it just that simple, I think Matthews has lived up to expectation. When you look at Matthews, what you're looking for is someone who brings the offense, not his main job. His points per, uh, points per 60 rate is right on par with Marner and with Tavares. He's right there with the two of them. Uh, and those guys, you know, they've had uh, successful seasons. I think anybody would agree looking at them. And Matthews is right there with them, too. When you look at uh, Matthews' real calling card, that's his goal scoring and his offense in that way. And his XG, or his expected goal rate individually, has been in the elite range basically all season long. He's dipped just a little bit below elite in the past couple of games but he's been off the chart sort of on and off throughout the year he's scoring just like he always has he's creating his opportunities just like he always has i think you know Leafs fans have really high expectations for the team as well they should but i think it's a little out of line with what the stats say on matthews i'd love to see nylander get some run with him again and i know that that's uh, sort of a divisive opinion in leafs twitter right now but i think Nylander really brings out the best in him. He's one of those rare visionary passers that can set Matthews up to go to that next level. But for the things Matthews can control, his points rate is there, his expected goals rate is there. He's doing all the things that Leafs fans should hope for. It's just a matter of you know high standards and, and really hoping for a lot from a good team. Well, and let's stick with the Maple Leafs here for a second, Sean. And, boy, you look at the Boston Bruins. We know that's going to be the matchup. 9-0-1 in their last 10 of won five in a row. A lot of that without David Pasternak. If you're a Leaf fan, how important would it be for you, knowing this is going to be the matchup, to rest Freddie Anderson ahead of the postseason? So give him a lot of rest. Make sure he is fresh. Make sure he is ready and you avoid injury is that a game plan you would try to do or do you just say hey you know what we got to have some momentum going in and and see what happens well that avoiding injury thing that really hits close to home for me today too yeah (laughs) Uh, i think when you're looking at that home ice advantage maybe is the reason that you might try to run your best roster all the way to the end of the season 
And that advantage tips the scales maybe 3 4% for home teams, if you know nothing else, having an edge over the away team. So it's not inconsequential. It's something. But I think resting Anderson has to be the Leafs' priority. He played in 66 games the past two seasons for the Leafs during the regular season uh, and, you know, was a real difference maker for them. But this season, he's right at the top of the goalie charts. He's been third in goals saved above expectation throughout the season. And for a Leafs team that continues to play that really fun uh, style that goes both ways, they get their chances, but they give up a ton of expected goals against as well. Resting Anderson is going to be key no matter who they get in the playoffs to make sure that when all those chances are coming their way, they've got the best version of one of the game's best goalies in net. And I don't think that home ice advantage is something that really gives as much of a, a scale tipping as having Anderson ready to go. So for me, yeah, you get Rand Anderson that rest, make sure he comes in healthy and, and ready to go, clear mind, and then the Leafs can continue to play that fun uh, style that they love so much and then rely on their elite goalie to kind of bail them out when things get going crazy defensively for them. In conversation with Sean Tierney from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic on Twitter, at Charting Hockey. Let's flip back to the Western Conference here. We chatted a little bit about it with uh, Travis Yost earlier here, Sean, with the uh, Calgary Flames, the Sharks, and, and the Flames really, you know, owning the Pacific for most of the year. But now you look behind them, right? San Jose, one point back. Goaltending has been a red flag for them all year. They've lost four in a row. Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan, only four goals combined in their last 18 games. Any other red flags popping up for you for the Flames heading into the playoffs? They're funny. As I was looking through some things on the Flames in the past couple of days, there's some good trends under the hood for them of late. Their share of expected goals for is back up after sort of dropping below average for a little stretch of games. They're an above-average team in terms of the chances they're getting. Their expected goals against rate has actually fallen, which is a good thing. So they're controlling that you know, share of expected goals, and they've been one of the league's best teams in that all season long. But like you said, the Gaudreau-Monaghan thing is real. They've, they're the engines that drive that team, but their own individual rates of generating chances are way, way down. They've both been about elite producers throughout the season, and right now both are just barely hanging on to the bottom of that sort of average range. And so I don't know what it is with them, whether they've run out of gas or if teams have really keyed in on them defensively, but these two just aren't bringing that sort of offensive pace that they had early in the season. And so, you know, that's a scary thing for the Flames because those are their two big names. And then, of course, the goaltending has been exposed. I think Big Save Dave went on that run, uh, now below average league-wide in terms of goals saved above expectation. So he's completely come back down to earth. Mike Smith is what Mike Smith is, which is one of the sort of worst starting goalies left hanging around in the league. So, you know, I, I do worry about them. I think this is a team that has great stuff going on team-wide. They tend to control the play. All those good numbers that we look for are still there, but they've got a couple of stars that have really fallen off, and their goaltending is going to be an issue that they decided not to solve. So, yeah, I think they're a team with, with question marks going into the playoffs, especially because they have teams like the Sharks and, and the Knights to deal with, and those teams don't have those same questions. No, no, they don't. Sean, great stuff as always, buddy. Rest up, feel better soon. <laughs> Thanks for that, Mindy. <laughs> All right. Sean Tierney, Hockey Graphs and The Athletic, a must-follow on Twitter, at Charting Hockey. Got to also give a shout-out to former producer of TSN Hockey Analytics, our buddy Joe Narsa. He got engaged, folks. Yes, Joe Narsa got engaged. So congrats to him and Pam. Good job, Joe. And it's going to be good for you to listen after the break because I'm going to tell you how to win some Domino's pizza just for listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. 
This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Back we are, TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. You can find us on the show page there as well if you missed any of this. On iTunes as well, on Twitter, at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. And we're delivered by Domino's Pizza, as you know, folks. So, I was in a good mood today. I thought I'm going to give away some Domino's Pizza. This is all you have to do to win. You go to my Instagram, at AndyMCSports, at AndyMCSports. You follow me, and then you... Click like on the Hockey Analytics post when I put that up later today. So the TSN Hockey Analytics post that I'll put up, like it, and follow me at AndyMCSports. We'll have the Random Draw Monday, and you win Domino's Pizza Prize. Pretty sweet, as well as the season that Mitch Marner is having. How about this for the Maple Leafs? Of course, 82 points, 24 goals, 58 assists. The question starts to come up. Is he in the conversation of having a chance to win the Selkie Trophy, which, of course, is the forward who best excels in the defensive aspects of the game? Well, friend of show, Mike Kelly of the Point Hockey and TSN Stat Center, was on Leafs Lunch and answered that question. I don't think he's there yet. And, that, and I mentioned that in the, in the article, which uh, people want to read it. It's at thepointhockey.com. And, uh, you know, what, what kind of got me thinking about it, though, in general, and, and I, had, I had wrote an article about this in November, just how highly he was impacting the game defensively in terms of uh, all of the, the individual uh, defensive areas that I look at and that I track from a numbers standpoint. Um, and then hearing Mike Babcock before that last game against the Flames um, using his name and Datsuk's name in the same sentence and, and calling Marner an elite defensive player. Um, and then he goes out and plays that night, and Marner had one of the best defensive games I've seen him play this season. Um, you, you know, you look at the goal that Hyman scored and the rebound uh, that came off that Marner breakaway. First of all, before the breakaway happened, I mean, we all know he intercepted that pass and blocked that pass and, and went in on the breakaway, but even before that, him tracking through the neutral zone, back-checking and blocking a centering pass to, to deny Calgary of a scoring chance. It's plays like that that, that Babcock's talking about. Um, and he's been, he's, he's been pretty good in those areas for a while, but, I mean, he's really kicked it up into another gear this year. So those, those are the kind of things I look at with Marner and, and watching his 200-foot game and how good he is um, in all these areas. And just from a pure numbers standpoint, um, you want to look at the, the amount of passes that he blocks amongst forwards. He's top 10 in the league. You look at stick checks, so being able to knock the puck off uh, an opponent's stick and, and create a loss of possession. He's top 20 in the league. Um, really dynamic player in both areas. So I, I just thought the timing was interesting with what Babcock said. And then watching Marner go out and do it at such a high level in that Calgary game. Yeah, individual awards, uh, it might be tough uh, for him this season, but you know the, the point that I made was, th- there's and Babcock made this point as well, there's not a lot of wingers in the league that can drive a line. And you know what he's talking about is, is driving play, moving the puck up the ice, creating, owning it in the offensive zone. You know, I think of Marner, I think of Panarin, Taylor Hall, uh, Kucherov. There's a handful of guys that I would put Patrick Kane, obviously, uh, in that category, and Marner's bumped himself right up into it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever these awards might be down the road, could he win a scoring title? Why not? Um, could he be in the sulky conversation? Why not? He's uh, he's showing a lot of uh, a lot of skills in, in those areas this season, and he's only going to get better. That was Mike Kelly of the Point Hockey and TSN Stat Center as he appeared on Leafs Lunch 
earlier this week on TSN. 1050, talking about Marner and his chances of being a Selkie Trophy contender. We're going to step aside and talk some fantasy hockey when we return. If you have any NHL fantasy hockey questions, use the hashtag HeyHarding, okay? Hashtag HeyHarding, and tweet James at jharding underscore hockey, James Harding from NHL.com. We'll get to those. We'll get to your DFS fantasy tips, your league play, stock up, stock down. A lot more to come to wrap up TSN Hockey Analytics next. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Oh, really? The, The champ is here, John Cena. Wrestling theme music to bring in our next guest here on TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050. I'm Andy McNamara. This because James Harding of NHL.com, our fantasy expert, has, uh, well, I'll say it. He's uh, he's beaten me on my, my last two fantasy hockey challenges. I called him out on Twitter. He accepted and proceeded to thrash me. So the champ is here. James Harding joins me on the Domino's delivery line Visit dominoes.ca today. James, there you go, buddy. There's there's your entrance music. How are you? Uh, good day, Andy. Yes, victory is mine. Victory is mine. I sit on a throne of DFS glory. Yeah. Uh, victory is mine. Uh, Indeed. I, as, as, as I said to you on, on Twitter, I am always uh, willing to accept uh, another one of your challenges yes. that I can thwart. They, they will. And you know what? I have one for you today. We'll get to that in a couple... <laughs> In a couple of minutes, make sure you uh, follow James on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. If you have any NHL fantasy questions, you can use the hashtag HeyHarding and he will get to them. Let's begin, though, my friend, with Stock Up, Stock Down, which is brought to you by Three Brewers Microbrewery Restaurants locations all across the GTA. Three Brewers, great food, great beer, great times. Who do you got for your two Stock Up this week? Yeah, my first Stock Up for the week heading out to... Anaheim, and it is rookie forward Troy Terry, uh, right wing, only 2% owned in Yahoo leagues right now, had a multi-point game and one shot on goal in their win against the Canadians on Friday. Uh, He extended his point streak to three games, totaling two goals, five assists, two power play points, and three shots on goal. Getting on a very good line out there right now, the second line in Anaheim with top forward Ricard Raquel, and center Adam Henrique, and Henrique himself, only 13% owned in Yahoo League, and he's also running the point on their second power play unit. I think he's a great streaming option in deeper leagues right now uh, with his exposure to the Ducks' top six and him playing with both Raquel and Henrique, two very established fantasy veterans. Um, and, And when you just look at where he's probably priced in a lot of DFS contests, I think he would be a great DFS play as well. But in season-long leagues, I really like Troy Terry. And then another guy who has very low ownership in season-long leagues is Jared McCann from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Center left-wing eligible. He just recently gained the left-wing eligibility. Only 5% owned in Yahoo. Had an assist and three shots on goal uh, against the Blue Jackets on Thursday, which extended his point streak to three games. He has at least one point in four of his past five games and has nine points 
in 17 games with the Penguins since being acquired from Florida. And he's been skating mostly on their top line with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. Um, and again, another streaming option in all league formats right now in Yahoo as we head towards the crunch time of the fantasy playoff season and a guy who I would not hesitate because of his exposure to Crosby and Gensel to drop into my DFS lineups as well. So stock up Troy Terry, Jared McCann, stock down. You're starting with Anze Kopitar. Yeah, when you look at the season that Kopitar has had, uh, he's, he's got 48 points in 66 games, which is putting him on pace for only 58 points in 81 games so far this season because he did miss one of their games earlier in the year. Coming off a 92-point season last year, uh, 34-point drop-off is just absolutely massive. He's pointless in each of his past two games and in six of his past eight overall. He's got a very tricky matchup tonight with the Arizona Coyotes with how well Darcy Kumper has been playing as of late. And then when you look at the stretch that he has coming up, they play the Anaheim Ducks, they play the Nashville Predators, Florida Panthers, and the Winnipeg Jets. So five very, very tricky matchups uh, for Los Angeles right now. I just don't trust Kopitar with how he's played this year. I don't really like him, so I'm unless I need to, putting him into my uh, season-long league lineups. And then my second is Tori Krug from the Boston Bruins. Very, very productive season, 40 assists, obviously one of the best all-around defensemen in the NHL. But a similar trend to Kopitar has a very, very tough stretch coming up right now. He is pointless in his past three games, and outside of Ottawa tonight, his next four games are at Pittsburgh, at Columbus, at Winnipeg, and then home again uh, for another matchup against the Blue Jackets. So I just don't love the matchups over the next week for Tory Krug or Andre Kopitar. There you go. Stock up, stock down in conversation with James Harding, NHL.com fantasy writer on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. And folks, remember, you can win Domino's Pizza just by following me on Instagram at AndyMCSports. Follow me on Instagram at AndyMCSports and then like when I post today's episode of TSN Hockey Analytics. So like the Hockey Analytics post, follow me at AndyMCSports and you will be eligible to win Domino's Pizza Prize. So you gotta love that. Now James, we talked about the, the fantasy challenge. I got one that will actually go to a good cause. DraftKings has a charity event, charity uh, hockey tournament for media members, okay? The World Hockey Championship on DraftKings.com. So I promise I will not use the tips. This is for DFS tips for our listeners as well. But I will not use the players you do. That's my promise to you. But I will be going up against you to try to, to reclaim the throne. Uh, can, you give me, can you give me a DFS starting forward that you like this week? It can be value. It can be someone who you like the matchup on for Saturday's matchups. Yeah, my DFS uh, forward that I like this week is Brendan Perlini from the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he scored his eighth goal of the season, had six shots on goal in their win against the Sabres the other night. Uh, he's got three goals, eight shots on goal in his past three games, and is skating on a line with two very fantasy-relevant forwards in Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strom on their second line there in Chicago. So uh, I love where he is right now, priced at only $2,700. So a super value play uh, in, in DFS categories. Um, for, for that level of production that he has recently 
and that salary, it's hard to pass up a guy like Pellini with his exposure to the Blackhawks' top six. Gotta love that. So that's your value for what about on the defensive side? That always gets tricky when people are doing DraftKings contests, James, because some, sometimes you go real heavy on the forward front, and then you're left on defense. You're like, oh, there's, there's not a lot of cash left. Where are you going on D? Yeah, um, a good value pick for tonight would be Mikhail Sergachev from the Lightning. He is skating with uh, Victor Hedman there uh, because of injuries. But my pick, top pick for defense tonight is Shea Theodore from the Vegas Golden Knights. Only $5,600 uh, scored a goal on the power play on Wednesday in their last game. Four-game point streak right now. 20 shots on goal and four block shots. So really hitting the peripheral categories that gets you a lot of points in DFS right now. Uh, 4.6 fancy points per game average in his past 10 games and skating more than 20 minutes on average in that span. So uh, I really, really like Shea Theodore tonight with a very favorable matchup as well. Okay, so Shea Theodore on defense. What about goaltender? Who are you slotting in? Who do you like for Saturday's DFS games on DraftKings? Gotta love Tuka Rask from the Boston Boom. Bruins. Yeah, 9-0-1. I mean, in 9-0-1 in his last 10 games, he's 3-0-0, averaging 7.5 fantasy points per game in three starts versus Ottawa this year. Has only allowed five goals to the Senators in those three starts this year. Uh, you know, $8,400, but he's a goaltender in a matchup like that. I'm easily spending up for right now. 23-8-5 on the season. Uh, the Bruins, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And Rask has just been on such a roll lately that no matter what his price tag, uh, I'd probably roll him, but especially in such a juicy matchup like this against the Senators. Yeah, you got to like that. So that'll be for our, our DraftKings World Hockey Fantasy Championship. And uh, we'll, hey, man, you know what? We'll see next week. We'll see. Maybe I, maybe I get a wrestling theme song. How about this? Whoever gets the most points, they get to pick their theme song for the uh, fantasy segment. Does that sound good? I like that. You like that? Okay. That's the deal. I can agree to those terms. (laughs) And I want to get to this matchup. We got it on TSN 1050. Maple Leafs taking on the Oilers. Now, for the Leafs, we know they've been been struggling. The Oilers are always uh, a roller coaster. If we're looking at somebody, let's say again, and and you can pick for for DFS that you like to pop into your lineup or league-wide that you you think might be a a nice play tonight. Is there anybody that jumps out to you from the Maple Leafs? Well, they've they've been up and down. I mean, Morgan Riley, obviously one of the top defensemen for for fantasy this year, but I, I do like a sneaky value play similar to that of uh, sorry of Perlini, and that is Trevor Moore, oh. uh, depth, depth winger from the Maple Leafs right now. Uh, he has three points in his last three games and four assists overall in his last six. Um, so if he slots into the lineup, I think that he could be potentially a very sneaky play uh, to spot in your lineup as a value guy. Interesting. I like it. Okay, buddy. Great stuff as always. Um, good luck, but not too much good luck in our uh, our head-to-head <laughs> contest. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. And to you as well. Thank you. <laughs> All right, buddy. Talk to you later. All right. There he is. James Harding, NHL.com. Fantasy writer. You can get him on Twitter, at jharding underscore hockey. And remember, if you have any NHL fantasy questions, DFS, your league, whatever. Playoffs are coming up. Use the hashtag HeyHarding. Tweet them and tweet us at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. And one more time, folks, remember, to win the Domino's Pizza Prize, this is all you got to do. Follow me on Instagram at AndyMCSports and like 
my TSN Hockey Analytics post, which will get up later this afternoon. We'll do a random draw, and I'll announce it on Monday. That's all you got to do to win some Domino's pizza. you got to love it. And uh, Oilers-Leafs coverage starts at 5 p.m. here on TSN 1050. Puck drop at 7. That'll do it. For another edition of TSN Hockey Analytics, thanks to our guests, Travis Yost, Sean Tierney, hearing from Mike Kelly, and of course, James Harding. So for producer Sean Lavery and Steve Eliopoulos, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto.